welcome to Thriving Educators. I am Brian Langley. In today's episode, I speak with Megan Barnowskis about how teachers can get students to explore their mathematical thinking. Megan is a middle school mathematics teacher, a math content area leader, and was honored in 2022 as a Novi Teacher of the Year. Enjoy. Megan Barnowskis, welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much for having me. So Megan, you teach middle school mathematics. Yes. Bless you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, why did you choose middle school and why mathematics? Um, so I'll start with why mathematics. So actually growing up, I absolutely hated math. It was my least favorite subject. I was more of an ELA girl through and through. Okay. Um, but then I was always decent at math. So I went into high school on an honors track. Um, so I had the same teacher sophomore through senior year of high school. Her name was Mrs. Mrs. Schwalm, um, and she was a phenomenal teacher. Um, and in her classes, I really learned that I could be successful in math. I was a deep mathematical thinker, and I ended my high school career taking AP Calc, and then I got a five on the exam. Nice. And I was like, oh, wow, like I'm actually pretty good at math. So going into college at St. Mary's College, I decided, well, I'm going to major in elementary education and I'll throw in a minor in math just to make myself more marketable. Okay. Um, but then because I had gotten a five on the AP exam, I went into Calc 3 mm -hmm. as a freshman um, and I was done with my math minor by the time my freshman year ended. And again, I had a phenomenal math professor who took me into her office and was like, hey, it won't be that much more work. Spoiler, it was much more work okay. um, for you to major in math. Um, so I went through and I majored in math as well. And it was the best decision I could have made because I absolutely fell in love with the harder and harder mathematics. So that's what drove me into math. Um, I did still think my heart was in elementary at the beginning of my career. So I taught sixth grade at an elementary school in all subjects. Um, but I really found myself delving into math most of the time. Um, I worked in a Title I school, so there were lots of kids who were challenged by math and performing below grade level. Okay. And I found a lot of meaning um, and worth out of helping build their mathematical abilities. And I became like the math guru okay. of the school and all the other teachers would come and talk to me um, about the best way to teach their lessons. Mm -hmm. And then when I was looking to come back to Michigan, um, middle school just seemed to be a natural transition where I could really focus on math most of the time. And so I fell into the middle school role and now I love hanging out with eighth graders um, nice. every day. So. All right. So what is it like to teach middle school mathematics? Um, so every day is an adventure um, with 13 and 14 year olds. You're not quite sure what version of themselves um, are going to show up every day. Um, I would say one of the greatest challenges I take on is getting them to realize they're not too cool um, for math. Um, I relish the fact that I'm a math nerd. I have a sign in my classroom um, that says nerd question mark. I prefer the term intellectual rock star. Okay. Um, and somebody always notices it in every class. And one year, this one boy was like, during my quiz, can I uh, put your sign on my desk? It makes me feel smarter. <laughs> um, so getting them to realize like they are all nerds at heart somewhere deep down, there's a little bit of math nerdiness. 
Um, and I do things like I have a puzzle of the week posted on the board and they get to sign their name if they um, complete it that week. So just getting them excited about little things that are secretly math, not necessarily they're solving the equations the fastest. Um, but I teach currently Math 8, Honors Geometry, and Honors Algebra 2. Um, so Math 8 is really a cool course to teach because you're transitioning them from a lot of prerequisite skills of working with fractions and decimals and understanding linear equations um, to diving into more complex problems and getting them to explore their algebraic thinking. So you're helping bridge um, their math from lower elementary level into high school. Um, and then Honors Geometry and Honors Algebra 2 is always interesting because there's students who are working on content that 10th, 11th graders mm -hmm. are working on. Um, so it's a delicate balance of knowing they're ready for that really challenging content, but okay. also knowing there's still 13-year-olds right. that are going to act like 13-year-olds and need to have 13-year-old experiences as well. Okay, so Megan, in planning this show, you mentioned that one thing you are particularly passionate about is helping students explore their mathematical thinking. What do you mean by that? So I really want them to think like mathematicians, and that goes beyond just manipulating numbers and expressions. Um, as someone who majored in math, um, I had to take classes in probability theory, abstract algebra, and real number analysis, and I can tell you those are things I haven't looked at since I graduated. Um, but the skills that I learned while learning those difficult uh, content areas are things that I still use every day. Um, things like working through really challenging problems, collaborating with others when I would get stuck, um, consulting resources for assistance, um, knowing when I was truly st stuck how to go into a professor's office and ask for help and know what questions do I need to ask um, my professor and not to just go in and be like, I don't know what to do with this, mm -hmm. um, knowing that they value very thoughtful questions. Um, being able to take notes that I could go back and reference um, later on as I was working through things independently, um, and also taking those notes and applying them to totally different problems are things that I do um, in my life still as a teacher and just out doing normal people things. Mm -hmm. um, and I also want students to see um, that math is so much more than just learning procedures and algorithms and solving problems in isolation by themselves. Um, it really is talking with other people, making sense of what they're doing. Um, my classroom is not a silent place. I encourage them to you know, talk through problems with each other, ask each other questions, come up to me. Um, because that's how you're going to make sense of things when you're stuck. Um, I really want them to develop their own ideas, make sense of patterns, um, and make connections. I get really excited when they're like, hey, I see what's happening here. I see why we're doing this thing over and over. Right. Or um, hearing them say, oh, this reminds me of when we did this problem a couple weeks ago. Um, so that really tells me they're thinking about the math and putting everything together in ways that, as teachers, we get really excited about. Um, and really, things like problem solving, justifying thinking, and explaining work are all skills that they're going to need later in life. Um, I think every math teacher has heard, like, when am I going to use this in real life? Or I'm not going to use this. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, when they say, well, I'm never going to write a proof as we're working through all of our proofs in geometry, um, 
you know, I try to tell them, well, one day you're going to have a job and you're going to have to present some new plan you've come up with and you're going to have to justify your thinking and why you think this is the best course of action for your company. Um, you know, they're like, I'm never going to have to solve equations ad nauseum at mm -hmm. a job. Um, but, you know, you might have to clearly identify steps that you want to take. Um, think about if your final result is reasonable. Um, and if it's not, go back and look for where you might have made an error um, and outline your work and thinking in a way that other people can follow. Mm -hmm. um, so sometimes that makes them think. Sometimes they get an eye roll. <laughs> um, sure. But, you know, they, they are building those skills, whether they realize it or not. Um, and a lot of times it looks like me asking questions back at them, um, responding to their questions with my own questions. So I'm always like, well, what have you noticed about the question, you know, if you can't get started? Um, what is making it difficult for you? Because um, a lot of times when they can point out why it's hard, that mm -hmm. gives me insight into what they need to keep working on. And it also gives them a starting point. Um, and I can ask them, like, what have you already tried or what have you thought about? Um, and one thing I always go back to is, does this remind you of anything we've done before? And if okay. it does, is there a way that we can get started with it? So I've brought this up in a previous podcast, this idea that um, I think sometimes if you think superficially about teaching, you think that teaching is about having all the answers. Mm -hmm. And it is really important that our teachers have the content knowledge and that they right. have the answers. But really good teaching involves knowing what questions to ask yes. and, and having the right questions. And I'm glad that you just brought it up from the angle that you did, because when I tend to think about it, I often tend to think about it in terms of what physics, I teach physics, so what physics question can I ask that's going to get at maybe their misconception and mm -hmm. maybe allow me to see or for them to think about, oh, I didn't realize, I didn't think through it that way mm -hmm. until I just had this question asked that I yes. now have to address. But you've been, you were talking about just now in terms of having the right metacognition questions to ask mm -hmm. so that the kids then think about their own mathematical thinking and their logic and their strengths and their weaknesses. I really appreciate that. Yeah, and I think kind of to your point too is that a lot of times as teachers, we wanna jump in and save them. Like they have a question, they don't mm -hmm. know how to do it, and here's the quick fix for mm -hmm. it. Here's how you solve the problem. I'll you know help you write it out. But to get them to really think about it is where their learning is going to occur. And a lot of times, you know, students will bring a problem up to me while they're working on an assignment. And they're like, I know I did it wrong. Can you just tell me what I did wrong? Right. And even when you just ask them, well, tell me what you've done. And they're like, well, I did this, this, this. And then all of a sudden, they're like, oh, I see what I did there. Mm -hmm. Just getting them to slow down for two minutes and talk through their own thinking, a lot of times that's enough for them to see where they went wrong. Right, and then and the more you do it, there are times where you just you just do need to just say, okay, no, 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 yeah. this is this is the direction you wanna go <laughs> here. Yes. Yeah. Or this is, this is how you do something like that. But then there are those moments where you can get more out of it by, and, and not, I don't know, letting them off the hook and, and yes. letting them wrestle with it a little bit longer. Mm -hmm. And then and then they'll be able to apply what they've been learning. All right. Yes. So what does this look like in the classroom? Um, so like I said, you know, it's avoiding the make math easy and really letting them grapple with ideas mm -hmm. and know that 
it's okay to try something and not have it work out the first time. Mm -hmm. Um, And we talk about a lot of times what thinking was going on with that incorrect answer. Um, So one thing I do in Math 8 especially, they're learning to write linear equations, exponential equations, inverse variation equations. And the first time as we're grappling with those ideas, I'm like, write something down. It doesn't matter if it's wrong. I want you to write down something you think could be the correct answer. Mm -hmm. Um, If you had to do it right now and turn something in, what would you write down? And I'll walk around and look at their answers and just throw up on the board three or four, some that are correct, some that are incorrect. Um, Some might be a different way of representing the same equation. Um, And we talk about, well, which ones are, which one's right, which ones are wrong. Um, And one thing I like to say is, well, if we look at the wrong one, what was this person thinking? Because they didn't just slap down some random numbers um, Mm -hmm. on a page and some random operations. They were thinking something, um, or even I'll purposely put a problem on the board and be like, I'm gonna show you a way that I see students do this Mm -hmm. a lot, and it's incorrect. And I want you to think about what were they thinking that was correct, and then where did they go wrong? Um, And it's kind of a nice way for them to see mistakes happen. They're not the only one who might have made that same mistake. Um, and then we talk through it. And in talking through those mistakes, they kind of build a, a better understanding of why the correct answer is correct and where their un- initial thoughts might have gone wrong. Right. I, I like to do um, with physics problems sometimes where I, I post a problem, the kids work on it in, in their journals, mm-hmm. and then we discuss it as a class and they kind of have their initial thoughts. And then maybe we get a little further, then they can go back and revise their mm-hmm. thinking a little bit and, and then just keep working on it. But the idea that we, what you just brought up, you gotta put something down first. Like yes. I'm, I'm really big on that too. Like you, you have to commit to something. Mm-hmm. So as far as is your understanding right now, what is your current level of understanding? Go with that. And then you can make adjustments, but mm-hmm. you gotta commit to what you, what you know. Yep, and we have at the end, in Math 8, we use a program called CMP. It was made um, by Michigan State. Okay. And it really is dealing with students making their own meaning out of these mathematical problems. So a lot of times they'll noodle around with things. They'll put down some ideas. And then at the end of the investigation, we have a box called the big idea. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, so you've played around with the ideas. Maybe you've made some mistakes. Maybe you got some right things written down. Maybe you missed a few things. But here's what you need to remember going forward. Okay. As we put it all together, this is where you can look and make sure that you got this out of this whole lesson by the end of it. Okay, Megan, I understand that it's good for students to have some level of mathematics, facts, and procedures learned to the point of it being automatic because that allows the cognitive capacity for students to then think about more complex problems. Um, How do you think about the balance then between the importance of giving students the opportunity to explore their mathematical thinking, but then also the desire to help students learn some math so that it's just automatic? Yep. So it definitely is a very delicate balance, um, and it grows and changes as students get farther and farther in their math career. Okay. Um, I always... I saw this someplace one time and I always come back to it. So you always hear people say, well, I'm not a math person, um, which bugs me so much Mm -hmm. because I'm like, everybody can be a math person. Um, But 
on the flip side, you would never hear somebody say, well, I'm just, I've never been a reading person. Okay. Um, I think people relate a lot more to learning reading mm -hmm. than to learning math. Um, so I compare it to reading. You don't want to be getting into high school literature and still be working on mastering your letters and early phonics. Mm -hmm. Like that seems ludicrous to somebody. So you don't want to be getting to geometry, algebra two, and still worrying about your basic math facts or what does this fraction represent. Right. Um, so I can kind of see parallels there. Right. Um, and a it, metaphor. Yes. And it, it grows as students develop in their mathematical understanding. So, you know, they need to learn addition, subtraction, multiplication, and division before they can jump into fractions. Um, and in math eight, for example, um, as we work into these more complex models um, for mathematical problems, um, we really expect students to be able to work with integers, be able to think proportionally, you know, know how to look at a graph and understand where the points are coming from. Um, and it really goes back to just giving students opportunities to practice those skills that you mm -hmm. want them to be able to do automatically. And it doesn't always have to be here's another worksheet, here's another worksheet. It's mm -hmm. like, let's play this warm-up game or, okay. you know, here's a puzzle that you can do, um, giving them opportunities to practice. So if it's a skill that they're kind of falling behind in, then they can, as they practice it more and more, they build up that automatic recall faster and faster. Um, but then as you watch them develop throughout their years, um, when they get to subjects like geometry and algebra too, I tell them, well, you don't want to be worried about learning complex trig uh, identities or working through um, difficult proofs and worried about how you solve a quadratic equation or mm -hmm. is this a system of linear equations that I need to solve? I'm like, you, you want to have that down pat. Right. Um, I'm not saying you'll never make a mistake with those because I do too, mm -hmm. even as a teacher, but you want to just be able to do that very easily, like you, you know, would add one plus three is four. Um, you right. want to be able to factor a quadratic so that you can focus on applying it um, to the new skill that you're learning. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Is there anything else that you wanted to say about mathematics? Yep. So I kind of going back to the first question you asked about, you know, what got you into math and why middle school? And I just think it's such an important age for kids um, where they can really start to understand math at a deeper level. And, but I also know it's a time when they can really learn to hate math. And I want to be that teacher for them. Um, like my one high school teacher and my one college professor were for me, um, mm -hmm. where I can maybe just give them a glimpse of them liking math and, you know, for me, it was a process that took years and years and years of getting me to transition into being a great math lover. Um, and if I can just get them to walk through the next door of, well, just keep taking math and keep trying things and keep an open mind. And maybe one day they'll get to be the giant math nerd that um, <laughs> I am. Because, I mean, going back to when I was younger, I never thought that that was something that I would grow to embrace. Um you know, growing up, it was not my love at all. Um, I have like, I've been like traumatized. I can remember like trying to memorize math facts with flashcards and being like, I just don't know. Right. Um, 
so giving them just some positive experiences with math and getting them to see that, yeah, it can be tedious and monotonous at sometimes, but there is some fun in it. Um, and giving them that chance to keep an open mind to what math can offer them. And that's all really great. And it sounds like you must be having some success in that area too, because last year you were named one of Novi's Teachers of the Year. Yes. So congratulations Thank to you, you for that. That was and a huge honor that I wasn't expecting, but. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. All right, well, good luck, and thank you so much for being on the show. Thanks so much. It was such a pleasure. Okay, that wraps up another episode of Thriving Educators. I want to thank Megan Bernowskis for sharing her perspective of mathematics teaching with me. I think she's onto something when she says, we all have a little math nerdiness inside us. Take care, everyone. Thank you.